0: This week's episode of the Fade route with D N Z I M Z, and we got a great show. We're talking about Week 18. It is crunch time. We have a win or go home scenario. We have another player who decided to have a strip show. And went home. We have pulling their fans or begging for a superstar. To join their ranks. What will begin. AFC North fallout. After the Cincinnati Bengals. The City Chiefs. 34-31. to 31. Who would have seen this coming. At the beginning of. The Cincinnati Bengals. Have clinched the AFC North title. A playoff berth. They are currently sitting. In the three seed. So that means, yes, the Bengals are ranked higher than the Bills. Yes, the Bengals are ranked higher than the Patriots. In this coming on the arm of Joe Mixon, uh, John, the, uh, on the legs of Joe Mixon, on the speed of Jamar Chase, this team has surpassed all expectations. And the way things are going this year. Who's to say they can't make a serious run in the playoffs? Not to mention, we had a little bit of a situation in Landover, Maryland. Part of the stands collapsed during halftime and several fans fell out of the stands. I've heard raining cats and dogs I've I've never seen something like that happen. Kudos to Jalen Hurts. He could have been seriously hurt as fast, but he did a heck of a job there kind of playing it off and turning it into a photo op. He even wrote a letter to the Washington football team asking why that they're not, you know, dealing with why they're not going to check on the people that fell on the stand, stadium, or even provide, you know, like a doctor? Interesting to me that you know, of all terrible things that Dan Snyder has done, and of all horrible notes, horrible in WFT history that have occurred under his stewardship as owner, this is just the latest. And it's just par for the course in Washington. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on carousel shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man?
1: Hey, I've also heard of raining men. I mean, it does does rain (laughs) men occasionally,
0: too. It was raining men. It was raining
1: (laughs) women, children,
0: (laughs) whomever. Anybody, you know, Eagles fans, WFT fans, you know, it was pouring on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it
1: was pouring. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what a stand-up guy. I mean, he didn't run. He saw it happen. And he helped a few people up, took some pictures, and then kind of mosey on down the road there. Uh, stand-up guy, if you ask me. And as far as the AFC North is concerned, can we all say, wow, wow, like Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow is legit. That team, like we spoke about last week, they've got a bunch of studs on their team. And they delivered the knockout blow last week to claim the North. And the rest, the rest is going to be history. And you got to like their chances just because from a talent perspective. Um, I believe they have a very good coaching candidate for coach of the year over Matt LaFleur, big time. And now after Brian Flores got blowed out, uh, I I think he's out of the picture too. We're going to discuss it a little bit later, but... I think the Oakland coach can deserve consideration too. Six and five with everything that they've gone through. So, you know, bravo to the Bengals. Can't call them the Bungles anymore, right?
0: They did not Bungle this. But the team that did Bungle this has to be considered the Cleveland Browns, right? They were the darling for last year when they took it to the Chiefs, they knocked off the Steelers. They were in position to take the next level and they could not get out of their own way in typical Cleveland Browns fashion. Um, I I saw an article online saying that Cincinnati this year is everything that Cleveland was supposed to be and it's kind of hard not to to agree with that kind of statement especially at the quarterback position joe burrow did what he was supposed to do and he became that it quarterback that baker mayfield just could never live up to despite being a pick and It goes to show you they're probably moving on from Baker. And he's not going to be starting Saturday. Call that. Call that.
1: Call that. You did.
0: You, You did. So it is, you know, the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. And that isn't changing anytime soon. And that was absolutely on display on Monday night. As Big Ben said goodbye to Heinz Field possibly the last time most likely the last time even if they make the playoffs they're going to be on the road the entire time so there's pretty much no way he'll be back at Heinz Field the Steelers beat the Browns 26-14 and this is going to be your biggest takeaway from Ben Roethlisberger and what are you going to remember most about Ben playing at Heinz Field
1: well, first of all, I think we discussed it a little bit last week, but I, I've been watching Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady special on ESPN Plus, uh, giving them a plug there. And I forgot how good Ben Roethlisberger was. I forgot he had Keith Miller and Plaxico Burris and Jerome Bettis in the first part of his career I forgot about those guys Santonio San Holmes Santonio San Holmes uh, Hines Ward Alan Fanica, man, their teams were good Joey Porter on defense Damn But So when I think about Ben I mean, I've always liked him A lot of people think he's this Upper echelon quarterback And, and he, he should be One of the best all time I, I'm not there I think, I think he's very good. Um, it's great that he spent all his years in Pittsburgh. A big arm, big dude, hard to take down. So my things that I'm going to remember from him playing at Highs Field is I, a couple of up and down things. Um, some good and some bad memories. The first memory that comes to mind, and I remember it because I was there... I remember the Jaguars with David Garrard and Maurice Jones-Drew went into Heinz Field and beat the Steelers 31-29. And this was the year after they won the Super Bowl. So I believe this was in 2007. And Ben Roethlisberger, um, um, the the, the Jaguars scored and uh, the, 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 the Steelers got the ball back. 30 seconds left in the game. Ben fumbles the ball. Disaster. Uh, the second one that I remember, this is a good memory, even though I'm a, a Tom Brady fan, I remember, I believe it, it must have been, I want to say it was either '04 4 or 5 but the Patriots were 6-0, and they went into Heinz Field to play against the Steelers who were 5-1, and and yeah, Ben only threw for 200 yards that day, but they took it to the Patriots and they slapped them. And uh, I remember that Patriots D was like Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi, Teddy Johnson, uh, Vince Wilford, Mike Rabel, Asante Samuel. Like this This was a stacked defense. And Ben did his thing and won the game. And the last one I remember, and this was also, it was a loss, but to me this was the best game I saw Ben play. Or this this was yeah, this was the best game I saw Ben play. It was when the Jaguars beat the Steelers forty five to forty-two in the divisional round of the two thousand seventeen playoffs. The Steelers could not stop the Jaguars that day, but Ben threw for four hundred and sixty-nine yards, five touchdowns, and one interception against Jalen Ramsey, Kalaas Campbell, and that formidable defense at the time. And he did all he could, but it wasn't enough. But that is the game that I will most remember, Ben Roethlisberger. And also, he had one of the best throws in Super Bowl history. But that wasn't in Heinz Field. But that those are the Heinz Field memories I'll
0: remember. Yeah, honestly, Ben Roethlisberger was a good quarterback. Flashes of greatness. Not a you know not a highlight real guy lot of what he did and where he excelled was inescapability in absorption because he's 6'5 240 he's a linebacker with an arm so he can take a lot of punishment he has taken a lot of punishment he stood in there he delivered the ball and you know you mentioned the relationship with heath miller the chemistry with heath miller heinz ward plexico burris even fast forward now to guys like Chase Claypool, Juju, Antonio Brown, prior to their, you know, prior to their divorce, this burger has delivered the goods. And a lot, you know, a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, he is an all-time Pittsburgh Steelers great. He's a great NFL player. But a lot of this, a lot of, it doesn't sit right with me because a lot of it was swept under the carpet with the off-the-field stuff, you know? Like, I understand yeah. that yeah. we are you know, we're saying our goodbyes to Ben Roethlisberger the same way you said your goodbyes to Eli Manning. That you never really got to say your goodbyes to Philip Rivers over but there was a lot of off the field mess between the motorcycle accident, the sexual assault allegations. You're definitely not a choir boy, and you know, kudos to him. You know, he he found he found religion later in life, and he you know turned his life around from where he was going. So, you know, kudos to him for that, but it definitely needs to be you know factored into how we remember Ben Roethlisberger. If we can still hold Michael Vick accountable for what he did with the dog fighting and still kind of let that live on in his memory, then we need to keep, you know, the complete picture of Ben Roethlisberger together. On the field, talented guy, you know, 63,000 yards, Uh, 80 games over 500 for his career, career touchdowns, but, you know, it's definitely a specter that's going to hang over his head. He'll definitely make it to Canton, but he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame of good guys, in my opinion.
1: Well, let's be real. I mean, part of the reason why they're not good this year is because of him. I mean, even if you look at his numbers from this past weekend, he was 24 for 46 for 123 yards with a touchdown interception. Tom Brady's over there slinging game winners. And this guy's, that, that that's just brutal. I mean, you know, so I think this team, I think this team underachieved this year. They have talent. They have talent. Running back, defense, wide receivers. They've got talent. Um, do you think Mike Tomlin would, would bring Baker Mayfield in?
0: No. No, 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 no. To me he's a smaller Ben. Like it's the same I mean, you don't have to change your system, which is fine, but you know, Baker Mayfield if he's six feet tall, that's you know, you're losing five inches. And like we you know, like we discussed routinely, you need to be able to get the ball over the line. That's the reason why it's so and that's why Ben Roethlisberger has excelled because he's big. He can get the ball over the line and he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I'm not. I don't, like, big... I yeah, don't know. A... Like, he's gonna, yeah. like, they're going to have to overhaul this system because right now they currently don't have the quarterback of the future on this roster. I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. Mason Rudolph, we know what he is. I don't know if Baker Mayfield would be the guy in Pittsburgh. He might be a guy. Until they find a, a, a stop, a, you know, find somebody who's a little bit more, you know, ready to take on the mantle. But yeah, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't particularly like Matt Canada's system either. So he might be out anyway. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation the at marquez studio have over 30 years of hair cutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions call to schedule a consultation today 646 646- Two two one eight seven two eight. 8728 You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. You know, Ben made headlines because he was playing his last game in Heinz Field and another former Steeler. Uh, Made headlines as well. Might have just played his last NFL game. Uh, Antonio Brown removed his shoulder pads, his helmet, his T-shirt toward the end of the third quarter of the Jets-Bucks game on Sunday. He actually ran through the field of play during his exit while the team was in a huddle. Unbelievable. He got outside the stadium and called himself an Uber and uh, got out of there. Uh, (laughs) So... Where does AB go from now? Does he get another chance to play? I mean, what, what, what's going on with this guy?
0: It's clearly something is going on. You know, whether it is... It, I mean, we've seen all kinds of speculation um, that it's possible head trauma. People are thinking CTE, stem back from the Vontez Perfect kit. Because he hasn't been the same since then. Um, some people are, are, you know, your armchair psychologists and clinicians are on Twitter are diagnosing some kind of mental health issue. I don't want to speculate as to what it, what that is. I, we all, I mean, we saw it. We witnessed it in real time what Antonio Brown has done between the sexual assault allegation, stiffing his cook. Uh, the payment, and now this he turn the the chef turns around and outs him for the fake COVID car, vaccination card. Um, he didn't. I believe he didn't pay movers, and then tried to assault them. Uh, then you have this incident, which was like it's a continued pattern of erratic behavior, and I don't know if teams will tolerate it because if you look at his numbers this year only managed to play 7 games. 42 receptions 545 yards and four touchdowns so in 7 games he did for four touchdowns so there <laughs> yeah, is a there's a level
1: good.
0: right there's a level of productivity there that some teams may kind of look at and say, we're willing to put up with the erratic behavior if you can stay on the field. The problem is he was actively telling Bruce Arians to piss off. Uh, According to reports, Bruce Arians was trying to get him into the game, and Antonio Brown wanted no part of it. So, at this point, I don't know. That's, That's not a good look. And... In the NFL, and that's the, been a problem for Antonio Brown for a while now. I don't know if there's a coach out there, outside of maybe Sean McVay, who's arrogant enough to say this guy will fit in my or a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who is arrogant enough to say I can keep this guy in line. Because you know what? He just got he just got exiled away from Tom Brady. So, you know there. To say that Antonio um, last game, because we've also just seen Josh Gordon come back from suspension again, so I could see him maybe catching on, but it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to to say it's definite. He's going to have to sit for a while.
1: Yeah, I don't see anybody can, c- committing to him long term with some serious money. Uh, I'm actually surprised the Rams haven't called him yet. I'm sure they <laughs> will. Uh, but he'll definitely get another chance because he's the talent. And you look at Josh Gordon, how many chances he got? I mean, he's just he's burned some serious bridges. I mean, you burn the bridge with the Steelers. They're a class organization. You built, you burned your bridge with. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they're a class organization. I think think he's burned his bridge with Tom Brady now uh, because I don't think Tom is going to be willing to stick his neck out for him anymore, especially since Tom really could have used him towards the end of that Jets game when they were losing and they needed a guy to go to. Um, And then he, he kind of burned his bridge with the Raiders and I don't think Raiders hold as high a regard as... Brady, the Steelers, and the Patriots do. But, you know, I can see a team being desperate. I mean, Randy Moss bounced around at the end. People forget. He went to the Titans. He went back to Minnesota. He was in Oakland. He was with the Patriots. So, I'm not saying, you know, Randy did anything as... Randy did leave the field before the game ended, but he didn't didn't walk through the field and take off all his clothes before he left. So, uh, I mean, I'd be curious to know what his mindset is there. I mean, you got you got Tom Brady who stuck his knuck out for you. You got Bruce Arians who had to look like an ass in front of the media for bringing you back. And this is the way you thank them? This is the way you repay them? So, I gotta imagine that that's gonna ruffle some feathers somewhere and it might, it might, you know, it might deter people from signing him.
0: Well, let's, let's look at him. Let's juxtapose him with now his two-time former teammate, Le'Veon Bell. You can say that Le'Veon Bell burned some bridges the same way. It's something about like these two guys in particular, right? They burned their bridges in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell signs with the Jets, burn that bridge to the ground, caught on with the and then burn that bridge to the ground after getting to the Super Bowl because he didn't get any playing time. So you just have, these are just two guys that are not good teammates. And at the end of the day, you, you need to trust the guys in your huddle. And they have a lot of work to do in order to regain that trust. And for Antonio Brown, your greatest ability is going to be your availability, and if you're consistently behaving erratically, you're not you're not going to earn that trust, and you're not going to be anything more than it. And, and that's, that's going not going to bode well for your long term career options. We'll the see only, what the, happens. Yeah, but. I mean, the only
1: the only difference I would say is I don't. I think Le'Veon Brown, Levi Levion Le'Veon Bell was done, and uh, I don't think he was as good of a football player as Antonio Brown like, he signed that contract with the Jets, which was stupid by the Jets, and then he went to Kansas City, and they just didn't need him, like, he was like an emergency guy, and that's why he didn't really get to play, and then I think he was just looking for too much money, which was why he was having a hard time catching on with teams. And then I think he went to Baltimore and he he's not as good of a player anymore. So they're like, I we really don't need you. You're going back to the right squad, He gets cut. And then again it becomes a depth issue, right? The 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 Bucks lose Fournette and they're like, ah oh, we need depth. Go get Le'Veon Bell. Why not? You know, I I, I compare Antonio Brown more to like Randy Moss who had on field antics we all remember in, in in Green Bay when he he mooned the crowd or faked the crowd, straight cash, homie. Uh, and then you know Terrell Owens. Let's not forget the outburst by Terrell Owens when he was with the 49ers going after Greg Knapp. I mean that was crazy. That was on that was on television. He's screaming and yelling at his coach. He eventually went to Dallas. He eventually went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. And as of right now, he's trying to get on the phone with Tom Brady, trying to convince him to let him have a tryout there in Tampa, which I think would be actually really interesting. But, you know, so I think people have short-term memories of other wide receivers who have committed, you know, these kind of actions. It's just that Antonio Browns is – the here and now.
0: There is a little bit of recency bias, but you also didn't have the litany of off the field issues. I mean, for Terrell Owens, the only off the field issue I can remember him having was that workout in his drive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I mean, technically that's off the field. But, um, you know, that's really the only time I could say I can pinpoint something that Terrell, I, that Terrell Owens did off the field. Everything I mean, about him, whether it was standing on the star in Dallas, to you know, oh yeah, to, that, that to was outing yeah. Donovan McNabb for seeing was in the huddle. Yeah, like, that everything with T.O. was confined to the field. Antonio also, Brown is worrisome yeah. for a different reason,
1: right? But you also now have don't we went through a whole season, right? And we mm-hmm. got a player on the Houston Texans that did not play a snap this year. Because he's awaiting trial for for sexual misconduct or sexual assault. And the market for him after the season is gonna be extremely high. Extremely high. And this is a guy that didn't play all year.
0: You wanna talk about a mixed message? I can't think of I can't think of a greater mixed message than that. You know, right. you have twenty three civil suits against you but your value's never been higher. I, it's right. such a such a hypocrisy.
1: He practices every week. He doesn't dress for the games. He did that all season while getting paid. Mm-hmm. Getting paid not to play. So, yeah, you know, I do think he'll catch on. And, you know, it was it was quite the spectacle to watch. I watched it in live time. I was like, what the hell is going on? I heard the security guards almost tackled him because they thought he was a runner on the field. But yeah, at least... Did. <laughs> right, right, but at least the Jets game was uh, compelling all the way down into the end.
0: Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an love myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, And who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com.
1: One thing that wasn't compelling down to the end, or two things that weren't compelling down to the end, were the college football playoffs over the weekend, which was a massacre. Alabama blew out Cincinnati 27 to 6 and Georgia crushed Michigan 37-11. Great way to spend New Year's Eve. Huh. Do you think this lack of competition obliterated the chances of expanding the playoff and who do you have winning SEC championship game number two?
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna answer the second question first because, Let's be real here. It's very hard to pick Georgia when we've seen what Alabama has done to them. Alabama, like I say, it's NFLU. You have potentially a Sunday player at every position and possibly a backup too. So, it's an embarrassment of depth. It's an embarrassment they have the advantage with the coach. They have the advantage with the scheme. It's hard for me to, to think that Georgia has any kind of threat. As far as what we saw from, from Michigan and from Cincinnati, it's very hard for me to think that they're ever going to do non-Power 5 conference teams. Unless they absolutely positively have to. Cincinnati got embarrassed. They flat out got embarrassed and this was supposed to be this was supposed to be the team what? was emblematic of the underdog, emblematic of what's wrong with the system. Like they were supposed to be Gonzaga before but Gonzaga became NCAA basketball. They're the equivalent to a mid-major. Well, this is what happens when mid-majors take on the big boys, especially in a sport like college football. They get beat, and they get beat bad. And as far as Michigan goes, this might be the catalyst for them to finally kind of mutually part ways with Jim Harbaugh. I've heard rumors that He would be willing to listen to NFL teams. I know you have the Raiders available. You have the Bears available. You most likely have the Giants available. Teams with cachet. You have teams with pedigree. And in terms of the Bears, you have the the organization that drafted Jim Harbaugh. So it is within the realm of possibility that this could be Jim Harbaugh's final game as the head coach of the Maize and Blue. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I, I think the the other thing that hurts the playoff is that these teams last played a month ago. I feel like if the game took place a little sooner, the team of Cincinnati and the team of Michigan would have had a better chance. They would have been riding a high. They would have been in rhythm. And I think I think the turnout. They, it, it might have still been the same winners, but at least it would have been more compelling. I mean, Cincinnati, geez, twenty-seven to six. The game was over before it even started. And same thing with Michigan. It, it was never. It was never a game. It was never entertaining at all. So I think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna allow this kind of play to happen. They need to move it up. They need to do they need to do it sooner. And listen, it's a wave right now. And we've talked about this before. It's like this is the SEC's time. Okay? Back in the day it was the Miami Hurricanes. Before that, what it was Nebraska. And then it was Ohio State. Like it's just, just the wave it is. Like Nick Saban's not gonna be at Alabama forever. But if you keep moving teams between conferences, like you have you have Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, well now that just kills the Big Twelve, man. So they'll never do it but they need to go back to it being regional like wherever you are that's where you're playing that's where you represent and that's it scout in your area try to bring the best talent from your area on your team it's just gonna be the best for everyone you move to these power conferences it's not gonna work and forget about expansion i don't want to hear expansion ever again and the truth is is even though these things this this game these games are blowouts they still want to expand because they want more money they want more teams involved but by doing that you water down the product By adding more games, we're putting more teams in. There's bigger chance for injury. There's bigger chance for the any given Sunday or any given Saturday attitude where, whoops, you know, just, it just wasn't our day. It just didn't work out today. And that's not what you want. I want to see the best teams. I want to see the best teams play. I want to see the best teams win. So, you know, instead, what do we get? We get a rematch of the SEC championship game. I mean... I think I'm with you. I think Alabama's gonna gonna beat them, but the outcome of the game means nothing to me. I won't even I don't even know if I'm gonna watch the game because if Alabama wins, it shows how dominant they are, and if Georgia wins, it just says okay they're both one and one the last time they played each other. So we, do we really have a champion if Georgia one wins? So it doesn't matter. They've they've ruined this for themselves, and and, and that's my spiel.
0: I mean, rightfully so. Um, as far as expansion goes, even if you expanded to six teams and giving the first two teams a bye, who are you getting in? You're getting in, like, Notre Dame. Do you really want to watch Notre Dame? I, I mean, I, I didn't want really to Notre Dame in, in a serious bull particularly after, you know, losing their head coach and then having to deal with that. You know, it's, it's not a great system, but it's the system that's in place. And there's a lot of cleaning up to do. But in this instance, I'm glad that the championship committee put Cincinnati in. So if they actually, you know, if Alabama wins or Georgia wins, there's none of that UCF crap.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So Where right. they finish undefeated. You know, they hung a national championship undefeated banner and, you know, like they got in and they got exposed. So this is, you know, they find, you know, the committee did what they were supposed to do and they put together something that was going for the underdog reason.
1: Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there'll be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood.
0: And speaking of compelling, week 18 is upon us and we have a win or go home scenario in the AFC West. We're going to wait all day for Sunday night. The Las Vegas Raiders play the L.A. Chargers. Winner is in. Loser goes home. Unless they talk. And then they both get it. But who do you have to see West showdown? And who can go farther in the playoffs?
1: Well, I mean, bravo to Rick Versace, right, for getting the Raiders to this position after... You know, John Gruden gets fired. They're 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 one of their best wide receivers, goes to jail. He he led them to a 6-5 and record to this point. He should certainly be considered for coach of the year, certainly over Brian Flores and and Matt LaFleur. (laughs) Uh, But let's look at it position by position. I mean, I think Herbert's better than Carr. I think Jacobs is better than Eckler. Yes. I think Allen is better than all of the Oakland wide receivers. Yes. I think the Chargers off I think the Chargers have a better offensive unit than the Raiders. And I think the Chargers defensive unit's better than the Raiders. But I do give the head coaching over to Bisace. I think he's a better coach than Staley, and that's just because Staley's a bit wonky. Like he just he just he's very inconsistent with his go for it attitude. Um, I'm going with the Chargers because I think overall they have the better team. I also think they have the best football player on the field, and that's going to be Justin Herbert on uh, Sunday night. I
0: mean they're all very valid points that you're making. Rushing, that is a big issue for the LA Chargers. They're only 20th in the league. You know, they're barely above 100 yards rushing average. Josh Jacobs, on the other side of that coin, as good as he is, he has had a very down year. So I think that, you know, if the Raiders can somehow get the running game going, they can definitely keep it, they can definitely gain the momentum, but it is going to come down to Carr versus Herbert and who's going to make the mistake at the end. Carr has shown that he's more prone to making mistakes, so that gives me a little nudge towards the Chargers, but when you take into account what Coach Staley has done and how stupidly he plays sometimes... Going for it on fourth down. Now think about this. Hang on. Let's go back to that game against the Chiefs, right? When he went for it, well, I believe he turned down nine points, and then they lost in overtime. Solid. Solid. They would. This wouldn't be win or go home. Right.
1: right. This
0: You. You put yourself in this position. So, Chargers because of the talent. But that leaves a lot to be desired. I, I could this is a true toss up game in my opinion. And I can totally see it coming down to a field goal. And if it comes down to a field goal, Daniel Carlson yeah. kickers in the lead.
1: Yeah. So he's, he's had a money he's, he's had a really he's had a money season. He's been and, great. And Oakland Oakland had I mean it's Oakland and Vegas the Vegas Raiders have had some clutch wins this year. I mean, they went into Dallas and beat Dallas. Uh, they they beat the Colts, who I think I think is the best team. I have the Colts really going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe they beat the Raiders. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I believe they beat the Ravens at one mm-hmm. point in overtime. They beat the Dolphins. And everyone's saying how good the Dolphins are right now. They beat the Steelers. The like Raiders have some decent wins on their belt, and so I'm thinking if it's a close game, I'm I'm more inclined to go with the Raiders. I just and I just think the the Chargers have a lot of firepower, and that and like you said, it, it could come down to coaching, which you know their <laughs> their head coach could hurt them. Where. Carr has been in this position before and Versace's been in the league forever. Mm-hmm. And and it's I believe it's a home game. So which really doesn't mean much because I think they don't get a lot of home fans in that stadium. But it's gonna be a good game. They should and tie. That'd be great. <laughs> the tie
0: means they both get in. One gets the Chiefs, the other one gets the Bengals. So, good luck with that. Um, (laughs) As far as which team is... I mean, the Raiders are clearly more battle-tested this year. But which one of them, in your opinion, is better suited for a playoff run?
1: Yeah, I'd probably go with the Chargers. Because I think they have the ability to beat the Chiefs. They have the ability to beat the Bengals. The Raiders already got blowed out by the Chiefs, I believe, twice this year. And I don't... I don't really I don't really trust the Raiders uh, I, I wouldn't put my faith in the Raiders in a, in a game by game situation and the Chargers, you could say man they could put up 30 40 points and they could be unpredictable at times because of their coach so um, yeah I would I would lean towards them going further
0: I can definitely see that just on the just on the arm of Justin Herbert they could definitely right. get it going but in terms of a complete team, like I really like the Raiders too. I mean, they have a they have a good they have a good front seven. They get to the quarterback with Yannick Ngakwe. You're able. You're you have pieces there that can travel, and both teams could. I could see them both pulling off a win in the playoffs. I'm not saying that either one. Of you, <sighs> Neither one of these teams are well-bound, but they can catch a team at the right time. Like, Burrow is nursing a knee injury. Could they pick off the Bengals if Burrow's not 100%? Absolutely, they could. So, either team.
1: It's terrible to say this, but, I mean, imagine if Gruden was still there. I mean, they're at least two or three games better than they are right now with him.
0: I'm not so sure about that. I really, I really don't know about that. I think Versace has done a really good job. And... Pisa,
1: hey!
0: Hey! Hey! I... The coaching factor goes, I'm not 100% sure that Gruden would be... Would... They'd be there right now. They... You know... They kind of... trip After getting off to hot starts. That seemed... That seemed to be this team's M.O. But... They weathered the storm of Gruden, they weathered the storm of Henry Ruggs, and they've really shown that they're a resilient bunch. I mean, if, if we're talking about battle testing and resiliency, I would go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders would have a better run in the playoffs than the Chargers, mostly because they've been playing with grit most of the year, and they've definitely you know had to overcome adversity. But you know who's overcoming adversity right now? That'd be one Mr. So former longtime reporter for the MLB Network. Former longtime reporter for the MLB Network. He lost his job recently due to his constant criticism of Commissioner Rob Manfred, who we can agree has ruined the game of baseball. Currently, there are no schedules. It is almost guaranteed that we are going to miss regular season games. So my question to you is this. If Ken Rosenthal can't keep his job, what chance in hell do we have?
1: Oh, we're done. Getting
0: hired by baseball.
1: Oh, forget it. We're done. We're we're there's there's no shot. There's no shot the MOB network is going to come calling us absolutely not at all. I just I'm just not sure I fully understand why Ken was fired. I mean, I expect a reporter to provide me with facts to support their opinion on subject matter and for me to make my decision on if I want to believe those facts or if I want to disagree with them, right? Um I don't expect Major League Baseball or the MLB Network to agree with everything the league does. I mean, what good would that be? I mean, uh, I, I just—well, who would want to watch that all the time if they're just a bunch of yes men? I mean, we've only we've only been critical. <laughs> we've only been critical of Rob Manford on extra innings, the lockout, how he treated COVID, his new reliever rule, uh, almost just about everything he's done. Today got an office there. We gave uh, him
0: credit for Trevor Bauer. We did give him yes, credit for
1: that. Yes, yes. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. It's important <laughs> to discuss both sides of an argument and let the listeners decide where they fall. Uh, canning a guy because you disagree with his perception of you or how you're doing your job, I, I just... I mean... How? what credit could we give the Major League Baseball Network going forward now that we know how they treat employees they don't agree with? True.
0: Well, let's be, you know, let's be fully trained. Ken Rosenthal is a columnist, right? He's not a news reporter. So, there's going to be color in his commentary. It's not like the Associated Press where it's, Blah 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 from blah 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 in exchange for blah blah blah. Uh, there's there's supposed to be flavor, there's supposed to be level of analysis, columnist words. Some examples: Manfred and the owners, supposed stewards of the game, are turning the national pastime into a national punchline, effectively threatening to take their ball and go home while the country struggles with medical, economic, and societal concerns. Ken Rosenthal is rightfully shining a light. I'm not the biggest Ken Rosenthal but I think that, you know, he's writing candidly. He's doing his job. And it is very petty of Rob Manfred to penalize Ken Rosenthal. Now, granted, he still has his job with The Athletic, so it's not like he's totally out in the cold.
1: Oh yeah, but, he's got jobs, and, and he's dropping Fox too. Yeah, he's still, he, still going to be the dugout
0: reporter. He's still going to be there. So it, it's not like you know he's completely been blackballed from the league because that can't be further from the truth. But if you're not going to acknowledge the complete picture, to your point, what the hell are we doing here? You know, it's going to be you know it's it's all just going to be spin and propaganda. And Major League Baseball is great. It's wonderful. I think we all can agree that it's not great. It's not wonderful. I I don't know how you could say something like that when there is going to be a shortened season because the players and owners cannot get their representatives in a room. It's a bad look. And... Be honest with your fan base. That's what you need to do, Rob. Don't shoot the messenger. Be open and transparent. And maybe, just maybe, fans would be on your side. But then again, you're you, so probably not. Bullshit or no shit. We're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, you know how this goes. We have statements. The statement is either bullshit or it is no shit. Bullshit or no shit, number one. If you picked up Tom Brady, you'd have him it after the game, too.
1: All right, listen. Believe it or not, this is bullshit. Uh, this all comes because Jets rookie Brandon Echols picked Tom off during the first half of the game on Sunday. Brady was nice about it after the game. Echols brought him the ball, asked him to sign it. Uh, but Brady also said later on this would be the first and the last time he does such a thing. I think it speaks volumes to the culture of the New York Jets and Robert Sala. Do you think a player coached by Mike Tomlin would go up to Tom Brady after the game and ask him to sign a ball? Do you think a player coached by Bill Belichick (laughs) would ask Peyton Manning to sign a ball for him after the game? No. Do you think a player coached by Tony Dungy ever asked Tom Brady, or Bill Belichick to sign an interception or Big Ben I mean Big Ben to sign an interception yeah no so my whole thing is it's always been this way is act like you've been there before act like a pro so yeah bullshit I wouldn't do it would you
0: I gotta say bullshit as well I personally wouldn't do it and if I was gonna do it I wouldn't do it on the 50 yard line immediately after the game I get think that's PR where guy, most, right? yeah. I think that's where most of the uproar is. It's that you look so JV and low rent because you brought your Sharpie and you brought a, a football to to the fifty yard line and get it autographed by Tom Brady. I think that's where the disconnect is for most people, and I think that's where the uproar is. Like, if you're gonna do that, do it. You know, I'm sure Tom Brady has done it plenty of times in the comfort of the locker room away from the spot and we see this we, we see similar things all the time with the jersey exchanges now it's just a different time so we are in an era where guys don't worry about fraternizing with the other team everybody's a brother in the union kind of thing and you know not as big of a deal as it used to be so maybe it's we're just old and out of touch maybe we're still old-fashioned in our sensibilities but it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me and you know like you said act like you've been there before it's just it's not a good look at all bullshit or no shit number two SNY wishing Chris Bryant a happy birthday blocks him in as a Met once the lockout is over.
1: No shit. SNY posting a picture for his birthday. Got the Mets hat on, smile on his face, holding a birthday cake. I think this is the stuff for him. I think, I think this is the market for him. I think this was perfect. And I think, yes, this locks him in. Met. it will be a Met.
0: I don't know about that, man. I'm going bullshit on this. I think that they are trolling the fan base at this point. Just trying to get fans' hopes up. And really kind of... They're, they're working. They're just working it right now. If they can get him, that'd be great. But I don't know if Chris Bryant is so easily swayed by an Instagram picture from the, net, the, the network, not even the team, right? <laughs> it was the network that wished him a happy birthday. So clearly, this the SNY is trying to get the fans in a lather. Would he be great for the team? Absolutely. Are there other teams? Are there other suitors out there? The one team that you definitely have to be concerned about isn't even the Cubs, because the Cubs have not the Cubs aren't aren't going to resign him. The Giants don't wanna really move to nine-figure players again. They're, they're very wary about that, even though they acquired him at the trade deadline. So who does that leave you with? Who needs a guy like Chris Bryant besides the Mets? For me, there are, there are
1: it's the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees. I see the Yankees, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Braves. <laughs> so,
0: so I, I see a little lot, little lot teams. of teams. Like, do you want? Are do you want to lose him to your rival? Do you want to lose him to the in division rival who just won a three? <laughs> but. This is definitely pandering to the audience, definitely pandering to Chris Bryant. I just don't know if this is enough and I don't think I, I don't think it's a done deal by any stretch of the. Year. bullshit or no shit number three. Clay Thompson's return to the Warriors is much more important than Kyrie's return to the Nets.
1: Oh no shit. I think the Warriors will be unstoppable once Klay comes back. And he can play at home or away. As long as he's 85% of what he was, they're going to be amazing. I have a, Kyrie's a non-story to me.
0: I'm going no shit as well. Like you said, Klay Thompson is available for all the games, whereas Kyrie Irving is only available for the road games. Kyrie Irving longstanding reputation in the league of being difficult to work with and divisive on the team. So there definitely is something to that. Clay Thompson has been with the Warriors for years. Brotherhood with Steph Curry. They are
1: a fine,
0: well oiled machine.
1: Not only that, so, but but yeah, but not only that. I mean play also knows what it's like to not be able to play for almost two years I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get on the court to the fact it's like oh I need a vaccine whatever I need I'll play whatever I gotta do to get out there and play I'll do it
0: you know absolutely he's showing more of that grit and determination than Kyrie Irving who seems you know seems okay with this he seems resigned to the fact that this is going to be you know, the new the new normal for him rather than going to get a vaccine so that he could help his team every game and in every market because even on the road games that doesn't mean every market. It's a market by market basis on who can play. So in the end this is going to be a net negative for the Nets compared to having Clay Thompson around all the time that is going to be a net positive for sure.
1: Are you in need of air care, maintenance or service? I have the company for you, Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling, maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914 315 1547 again that's 914 315 1547 or shoot them an email at gmail.com. these guys are the real deal as they are veteran owned licensed and insured make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you
0: The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know it's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We give you the nominees. You go to our Twitter poll at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote. It is as simple as that. Do you know who won the poll, lad? I don't. It was close. It was close in a narrow margin. COVID beat Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is almost as bad as COVID, according to our listeners. Aaron, Bobby, little come to Jesus meeting. You're just slightly, slightly. Better than COVID to clean up your act. I'm just saying. But who are your nominees for the Alleged Superstar of the Week award date?
1: Uh, well, all of my nominees we actually talked about this week. First up, Rob Banford firing Kevin Rosendahl because he criticized you. And how you were handling the pandemic, get over it. Unless he's sleeping with your wife, he should be out there doing his job. Rob Manfred, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Antonio Brown. Taking off your shoulder pads, helmet, shirt, and leaving through the field while your team is losing on the road. After players like Tom Brady and Mike Evans defended you, head coach Bruce Arians brought you back after Dealing with your fake vaccination card, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least, seems to be a repeat offender on this list, Kyrie Irving. Playing your first game tonight on the road after winning your standoff with the NBA and the league over refusing to get your vaccination. You are still my alleged superstar of the week. How about you, Z?
0: Those are fantastic choices. You took one of mine. So that, that is A-OK. Rob Manfred, we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this guy.
0: No, no job interviews. Probably no player interviews. We're not even getting a Christmas card from this guy. Nothing. We're just going to keep... It's nothing. We got nothing. But my two, one from the world of professional football and the other one from professional tennis. We're going to start with Trevor Lawrence, 17-27, 193 yards, one touchdown in a horrible showing against fellow rookie Matt Jones and the Patriots, furthering Lawrence's mediocre rookie season. Trevor Lawrence, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Matt Djokovic, for being refused entry into Australia after your medical exemption denied because you're an anti-vaxxer these are the rules in place Novak if you want to play this is what you got to do and if you don't like it well I guess you can just go home Novak Djokovic, you are my alleged superstar of the week the that's, a,
1: that's a wild story, by the way. That whole situation is wild. We didn't really talk about it, but that whole situation is absolutely bananas.
0: Is, this is going to be crazy, and we're going to see how this plays out throughout the, uh, throughout the year. Because this isn't the first time that Novak Djokovic has been vocal about scenes and other... Because if you remember the U.S. Open, he was complaining about the proximity of the hotel to Arthur Ashe Stadium. Like, this guy, he's just a malcontent. He's the Aaron Rodgers, right? He's the Aaron Rodgers of tennis. So, you know, again, Aaron, Booby, you really got to reevaluate your life if you're being compared to these guys. But these are our nominees, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the Twitter page. Vote, vote, vote. And for our nominees... Let's do better, boys. Just do... Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, week 18, the option.
1: What did you do last week, brother? Six. Uh, no, I got ten and six. That seems to be a recurring theme for me.
0: It's a solid number. I won ten and six as well. Got a couple of... You know, got a couple of good breaks. Got a I had the breaks. Jets
1: game. I had the Jets game, and then they had to go and give it to Tom Brady with two minutes left. They Nobody learns. Nobody learns.
0: Nobody never. learns. Never, ever, never, never, never. They're always going to give.
1: We're just going to go for it on fourth down. That seems like a great idea. It, uh,
0: it's unbelievable.
1: I was surprised by Kyler Murray. Winning in Dallas too. He's like undefeated in that stadium. That's has been yes.
0: yeah, the pride of Tyler, Texas, right there. So good job. Yeah, good job for Kyler Murray for sure.
1: Um so, Colts had a bad loss. Colts had a bad loss. That was a bad, had loss a bad
0: loss. loss. I mean Bolts, you know, the Colts were affected by you know by COVID. The Vikings were affected by COVID. There are lots of teams, like the Eagles are currently being affected by COVID, the Bengals are being ravaged by them right now. We're gonna see, and it's definitely, you know, our picks are definitely in flux because of the COVID thing, you know? It's one of those things that they look good now, but by game time, by the time game time goes around, uh, we may look real bad. But uh, Saturday, Saturday at 30 and five to Denver to take on the seven and nine Broncos. Who you got? Chiefs. Chiefs are gonna take this one. They're probably still gonna play. Uh I don't see why they wouldn't. They can lock up the two seed. The Broncos are going nowhere. Big Fan third G- So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. NFC East rivalry game. The 11-5 Cowboys at the 9-7 Eagles.
1: Cowboys.
0: This is tough, you know? I really don't know about the injury status and the COVID status for the Eagles because you have a lot of guys that are currently on the bubble. If they're cleared to play... I can totally see the Eagles taking it to the Cowboys and giving them a shot in the mouth. You know what? Based on last week what we saw from the Cardinals, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think that they can pull it off. It's not going to help them in the standings, but it'll definitely, you know, it'll definitely give them a much-needed boost and much-needed confidence going into the first round of the playoffs. Sunday, 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 1 p.m. the third. At the two thirteen and one, Detroit Lions.
1: Yeah, Packers.
0: Packers, and it won't be close. Aaron Rodgers is lobbying to play this game, so he's gonna. Rodgers is gonna play, and if that's the case, it does not bode well for the Lions. The nine and seven Colts fighting for their playoff lives at the two and fourteen Jaguars.
1: Colts, but I want to see the Jags win so we can get that possibly that tie going in that Oakland Raiders Chargers game
0: I would love to root for chaos I mean as you guys know I was rooting for chaos when it got to game 162 this year I wanted it a complete upheaval the Jaguars are hot garbage so the Colts are going to take this one pretty easily but one highlight well two highlights really coming out of Jack Clown Out So all the fans are gonna dress up like clowns, which should be interesting. And the second one, Jim Caldwell is finally getting an interview and he's getting an interview with the Jets. I like that. I like that a lot. And I really hope that Jim Caldwell gets this job because he got one out of Detroit. He was the last coach with a winning record in Detroit. So I really hope that Coach Caldwell lands on his feet with the organization. The six and ten Washington football team at the four and twelve Giants.
1: Oh, uh, jeez.
0: We have to pick this game. Oh, <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, take the, take the Washington football team. They gotta win a game,
0: right? Glennon is out, so uh, his—I uh, think he broke his wrist. So it's up to Jake Fromm again. I made the mistake of taking the Giants last week. I'm not making that same mistake again. Washington is going to win. It's going to be a dog of a game. And Joe Judge is probably out on his ass. And rightfully be. so.
1: This press conference this week was laughable.
0: 11, 11 minutes of straight bullshit. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. I hope, Hopefully they wore boots.
1: <laughs> Just shut this- off. <laughs>
0: The 6-10 Bears. Reports say that Nagy is out after the game. Took them long any. enough. 6-10 Bears at the 7-9 Vikings. Vikings. Vikings win, and Zimmer probably gets canned too. Like yeah. They're a very underachieving team. It wouldn't surprise me if Mike Zimmer got canned as well. The 11-5 yeah. Titans at the 4-12 and 12 Texans.
1: Crazy. The Titans
0: are going to lock up this one seed, That's nuts. That's really nuts. Yeah, the Titans take this one pretty handily. The Texans done nothing but hurt their draft status, so what's one more? You know, just have the Titans steamroll you. Rivalry game with minor outside playoff compl- uh, implications. The 8-7-1 Steelers at the 8-8 Ravens.
1: Trash. Ben gets them one last time. Steelers. I I don't see why the Ravens would even play Lamar. Just let it
0: go. Ravens are done. The Steelers. I think the Steelers will take this one as well, but they're not it's not gonna be enough for them to get in the playoffs. The ten and six Bengals at the 7-9 Browns. I'm taking the
1: Browns just because the Bengals seem to be resting everybody.
0: Burroughs got the knee. Mixon has COVID. Both of them have been ruled out already. I'm going to take the Browns as well. Case Keenum is going to show that he is a steadying force. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. I'm just saying he's a steadying force. Cleveland wins. 425, the 9 and 7 Niners at the 12 and 4 Rams. Niners. I like the Niners in this game too. They're gonna punch Rams in the mouth, and I think they might be able to punch their ticket. So, let's go with the Niners on this one. The five and eleven Panthers at the twelve and four Bucks.
1: Uh, Bucks.
0: It's not gonna be close. I think that this will be the make or break for Matt Rule, and he's probably done, most likely. The six and ten Seahawks at the eleven and five Cardinals. Cards. The Seahawks don't seem to be playing for any pride right now. Like they got a win last week, but it's all for naught. I'm gonna take the Cardinals on this one as well. The tennis into Miami to take on the eight and eight Dolphins.
1: Oh Miami's always their kryptonite and taking the Dolphins.
0: That's the one thing that gives me pause about this because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, if you're going into Miami, game. yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like clockwork. Just for S's and G's, I'm going to take the Pats, but it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if the Dolphins were able to pull this off. The eight and eight, seven and nine Falcons, and a true They're media. Fat. Falcons, Falcons. Falcons. Oh, really? Yeah. In the mediocrity bowl of the NFC South? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, this is a tough one. It definitely is a tough one. Like both teams are just meh, the very definition of meh. I'm gonna take the Saints, just because they have Kamara and the Falcons don't. <laughs> four twenty-five, continuing the four and twelve Jets at the ten and six Bills.
1: Bills, they need it.
0: The Jets have been surprisingly good lately. They've been, stop. They've been popping. They've been surprisingly good. I'm not saying they've been world beaters, but had a lead on the Bucks.
1: You sound like a a true Mets fan. They had a lead on the Bucks. Who won the game? (laughs) They're gonna ask for uh, Allen's autograph after the game.
0: I'm gonna. You know what? In an upset, I'm saying the Jets beat the Bills. Okay. There we go. So here we go. They're going to... Beat them in the together. game or beat
1: them to the stadium?
0: <laughs> beat them to the post-game spread.
1: <laughs> beat them home?
0: Beat them to the fried bologna sandwiches.
1: <laughs> beat them to the, the Roach coach after the game? They're going to beat
0: them to the Anchor Bar. <laughs> not least, win or go home. Sunday night, 8-20, the 9-7 Chargers go into Vegas to take on the 9-7 Raiders.
1: Yeah, I already talked about it, taking the Chargers.
0: I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I think momentum is on their side. They play a gritty, hard-nosed style of football that I don't think Coach Staley can uh, figure out.
1: This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone.
0: We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG. Faderoute mail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at Twitter at faderoute dnz. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd.